Reading for a third time from the Gospel according to Matthew, the 25th chapter, beginning with verse 31. Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? The king will answer them, Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We preachers at Third Church generally follow the lectionary each Sunday. We allow that plan to guide us through God's salvation story every year and compel us to address a broad range of biblical texts and not just our 10 or 12 favorite ones. Reign of Christ Sunday, as Becky has already said, marks the conclusion of year A in the three-year cycle. More than any other Sunday, this day provides us an opportunity simply to lift up the Lordship of Jesus Christ and to celebrate our sense of belonging in the body of Christ. While you will find Presbyterians at the center of ecumenical and interfaith conversations, our rejoicing in who we are as siblings in Christ provides us with a self-understanding that emboldens us in our open-armed witness in multi-faith fora. It doesn't mean that we become bossy there, but knowing who we are is an important part of being a part of those conversations. Our tone today in worship is regal and grand as we highlight the promises we own as followers of Jesus our Lord. One of the challenges the day faces is that it always occurs on one or the other end of Thanksgiving week. 
The two themes, though related, deserve stand-alone emphasis. But we mix our worship metaphors a bit as we conclude our liturgical year by gratefully echoing Mr. Handel's marvelous chorus and proclaim that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he will reign forever and ever. So what is it about the title today? Not yet, but already? My theologically astute listeners will smirk and declare that maybe I've been out of seminary too long. We learned it in this order already, but not yet. So what's the difference? Thinkers about God things have had to make sense of the collision of what we say we believe about God and reality. Theologically, we echo Handel's already sentiment about the Lordship of Jesus Christ today. And we will soon be gawking figuratively at the baby Jesus, whom we worship as the king who comes in a very unroyal manner, but a king just the same. We travel with Jesus through the year, following how he grew and became strong, we see how he stepped into the radical rabbi role and turned the world upside down with his challenges to the Judean status quo. We recall later on how he met a ghastly end, came back from death, ascended to his heavenly home, and runs the work of his kingdom from on high. So we declare that Jesus is already King of Kings and Lord of Lords, even though the world does not yet fully acknowledge that reality. Our calling as Christians is to live and act with this vision driving our daily decision-making and drawing us toward the goals of God and we desire. So why bother to turn the phrase around? Because that's what I like to do, just to see if anyone is paying attention, but also for a purpose. Yes, we read the passages and sing the songs about Christ reigning on high and in our lives, but because we are stuck living in the muck and mire of today, the not yet part of the equation feels the most real to us, at least to me. More than a few folks through the ages have stated, if this is how King Jesus runs the show, I want to have nothing to do with it. And I have my honest days when I have to have a little talk with Jesus and say, really? Where is the already in this? My own seeds of doubt poke me right in my eyes of faith. Still, 
even though the not yet reality of life threatens to overwhelm us, I persist. I persist in believing that Jesus has got this. We marched through the pandemic months to Reign of Christ Sunday, and I am going to celebrate no matter what. We land on the Gospel reading from Matthew 25, the last half of it. In it, Jesus describes the day of his return, much feared as a time of judgment and gnashing of teeth. Although I view it differently. I see it as a story of comfort. Jesus surprisingly shows what he most appreciates about his devoted co-workers. We Presby's expend a lot of energy on teaching, making sure that the right stuff is getting into people's heads, hoping that folks learn proper theology and ethics. We require that the chief church theologians, that would be the pastors, follow a rigorous and lengthy course of training at accredited schools. We make candidates jump through hoops, I mean, pass important tests, so that our churches will be led aright. Our pastors hold each other accountable in ways other Christian bodies do not, and all of that is important. However, when Jesus lays out qualities of a good and faithful servant, what we have in our heads, as important as that is, seems to pale in comparison to what, with what resides in our hearts, what we've done with our hands. Yes, yes, I know, I've been a Presbyterian sort all my life, Salvation is a gift from God and not something that we earn. Yet, I see the Son of Man's actions in this story as an affirmation, not a prescription. Believing correctly compels a person to live rightly. Christ's servants, to quote Micah, do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God and, by extension, with one another. Jesus affirms that as we've done those things to and for humans, we've also served Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's great news for those of us who've set our sights just a little bit lower than thinking that we were servants of royalty. Okay, back to the not yet, but already thing. Our reign of Christ theme should inspire us to celebrate joyfully. The COVID-19 realities of life shout out that the not yet part of the equation seems to be winning. Until you look below the surface. When you don't let the din of daily life deaden your senses. When you witness that a whole bunch of 
not very powerful people in our circles. Even we ourselves commit ourselves daily to doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God and with each other. Not to get into heaven or to become rich or famous, but simply because it's the right thing to do. Yes, we still study vigorously around Third Church, but at the end of the day, we are made proud because individually or corporately, we have fed the hungry, given drink to the thirsty, welcomed the stranger, clothed the naked, visited the sick and imprisoned ones, whatever form that illness or detention took. In our efforts to make this not yet time better, Christ's reign has been made manifest in our world through our works already. Friends, so much not yet garbage piles up on us these days. I get it. I get it. We peek out from below the heaps on this reign of Christ Sunday and realize that a myriad of folk is motivated by the all readiness of the message of today. And here we are in the middle of life's scrum. Why? Because we who are faithful servants of our heavenly Savior, who already directs our lives, think that it's important for us to gather, to work, and to celebrate the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And for that, we give thanks. Amen.